Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast, a podcast where we dig deeper into what it looks like to live a life where in the end, all that matters is God and people. Each week, we will have candid and authentic conversations about how every day brings a fresh beginning and that the best is yet to come as we work together to help fulfill the mission that Jesus has given us. Now, here's our host. Hey, everyone. I'm Robert sitting here with Chad Moore, and we have started a brand new series in the podcast, and we are talking about Elijah going into the wild. Now, we just filmed uh, recently for this series, and while we were filming up north, we were kind of in the Payson area. I watched Chad sustain a serious injury. Chad, walk us through what happened up north in the cave. You're really just going to bring that up. I sure am, right out of the gate here. All right. So the series is called Into the Wild. We're doing, uh, is it five episodes? Yes. And we're walking through... yeah, the story of Elijah in the Bible. So at one part, we're in this cave. We have to climb down in this cave. There's actually a pretty cool cave in Payson. Most people don't know about it. Mm-hmm. I might have just ruined that. Yeah, well, we won't tell them where. Anyway, so we're at the secret cave <laughs> in Payson. And um, I don't know if you know this, but when you film something, sometimes you got to do something over and over again because they're trying to capture different angles or whatever. So I keep climbing down into the cave. There's this old dead tree laying across the entrance. And about the fifth time... I scrape the top of my head on this little branch off this massive trunk. I would call it a light bonk. I was down at the bottom of the cave looking up. Okay, and it Robert was just did a, not experience it. It was, it was like not a, a ooh, light bonk. It, it was a serious smashing of the cranium <laughs> against an immovable object. I will say it's a huge tree with this little tiny like piece of a tree branch that was sawed off. So it, it wasn't going to give at it, all. Okay, it kind of stabbed the top of my head. Now, it, 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 wasn't a, it, it wasn't bad. But when you cut your head, mm-hmm. it bleeds a lot. And so these guys look up from inside the cave, and I've got this blood running down my my face. Dripping off the tip of his nose. Yeah, I literally left a blood trail going out of the cave, and I had nothing to wipe the blood off with. So, and so anyway. I'm a super germaphobe, and I'm like, all right, I love Chad. I don't want him to die out here. I need to see how bad this wound Dude, is. I had COVID. I have long-term <laughs> antibodies. It would have been healthy There's for you to so get my blood on you. There's so many more things in this world than just COVID, Chad. There's yeah, all well, anyhow. True. So with my bare hands, I combed through his hair and I found what was a mild scratch. And it, <laughs> <laughs> it turns out he was just fine. It was a massive gash. No staples needed. Yeah. No, it, it wasn't bad. It just bled a lot. But yeah, so my hair was matted with blood for a day or so. And my biggest regret, we didn't get any video of the blood. Just the moment. Yeah, and I can't then we believe you guys didn't take a picture of that or anything. We're doing a series called Into the Wild, and you're bleeding in the woods, and we didn't capture any of it. Okay, just just know, and you don't know this, when if you, um, and hopefully everybody that hears this will will go through the series with us, but one particular weekend, I'm, I'm, I'm on a motorcycle in part of the video, there's blood in my helmet when I take it off. Oh, there yeah. you go. Into the wild. That's manly stuff right there. There you go. Bear Grylls ain't got nothing on me. So this first week, we're talking about a guy named Elijah. Tell us about Elijah. Well, Elijah is a prophet. Okay. In the Old Testament. And uh, first What's a Kings. prophet? For somebody who's listening, who's like, what? Prophet in the Old Testament is somebody that speaks on behalf of God. It's like God's mouthpiece. Mm-hmm. So when God's going to do something uh, during this day and time, now he speaks to us through his spirit. Mm-hmm. And there are pastors and teachers that the Holy Spirit will speak through. And we have his word written down, which we didn't have at that time. Yeah. And, and, so, 
And some people uh, nowadays gifted by the Holy Spirit have the gift of prophecy. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we're talking about the Old Testament right now and Elijah, an Old Testament prophet. And so God would speak through the prophet. And so Elijah goes to this uh, evil king and queen. It's not going to rain and it doesn't rain. There's a showdown that he has with all these false prophets. Uh, we're going to walk through his his life in the Bible uh, over five weeks. We're going to do episodes, mm-hmm. uh, thus the cave, and I mentioned the motorcycle. There's there's several cool things that we're going to do. They could make multiple movies out of these few chapters. There's so much action. There's so much going on in this guy's life that God does through him and, and does in Israel. It's it's pretty epic. Yeah, and 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 it's a journey into the wild. Mm-hmm. Um, Elijah is radically obedient, uh, but he has to learn that. Yeah. And uh, God does amazing things in and through his life. It's going to be a great series. And that's not the only time God uses the wild, uses the wilderness to help prepare somebody. Talk about kind of that theme throughout scripture that we see. Yeah. So you see this over and over again, um, that God tends to lead certain people uh, out into the wilderness, into the wild uh, as a time of preparation. Mm -hmm. So you see that with David. Uh, before he defeats Goliath. He, he actually lives in the wild. He's a, he's a shepherd. Uh, he's learning how to use that slingshot. Uh, on one occasion, he kills a lion. On one occasion, he kills a bear. But he gets so good with that slingshot, he's throwing that rock, and it's like a bullet coming out of a gun. Mm-hmm. And so by the time he gets to Goliath, Goliath doesn't know it, but Goliath brought a spear to a gunfight. Mm-hmm. And so David literally like a sniper just pops him in the head with it. But God prepared David for that in the wild. And they've they've found ancient drawings of people doing slingshots to take birds out of the air. That's how accurate they were. That's just awesome. Yeah, and there there was even like parts of military where they would have slingers who that they'd come in and they they were like the snipers that were You're taking people skeet out. Skeet shooting with <laughs> yeah. a slingshot. So David, God prepares him uh taking him out into the wilderness. Who else? Yeah, and uh, again, and Goliath brings a spear to a gunfight. Not too smart. Uh, Moses. Moses was in the wilderness for 40 years. He, he was in the palace, and then he was in the wilderness. And then after that, he goes and tells Pharaoh, let my people go. And God prepares him in the wilderness to lead his people ultimately to the border of the promised land. Uh, Jesus went into the wild in preparation for his ministry. He was in the desert 40 days, 40 nights. You and I have been there. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember the name of that, uh, that monastery that's cut into the remember. side of that it's rock? Just, it's just, uh, up the hill from Jericho, it's, but it's, it's desolate. It's and called, it is, yeah. Yeah. It's called the Mount of Temptation where, where Jesus was. That's what they call it now. And there's a monastery cut into the side of that rock. It looks like something out of Indiana Jones mm-hmm. when you're hiking up to it, or you can ride in the, in the gondola up to it. They didn't have it. that at the time of Jesus though. They call that a gondola? Yeah. Yeah, we rode the gondola up to it. But Jesus is in the wild for 40 days, 40 nights fasting and praying. He's tempted by the devil, and then he starts his his ministry. And so going into the wild is something God uh, led different people to do in in the scriptures to prepare them. And God does that with Elijah. Yeah. He does that with the entire nation of Israel. That's true. 40 years in the 40 desert. 40 years of, of preparation. And so God does this with Elijah in the wild. How does God prepare Elijah for this incredible story that's going to unfold throughout his life? So uh, let, let's talk about him by by the brook. So God calls him and and then his ministry or his story really begins by, by a brook. Explain to us what happens there. Yeah. So God uh, leads Elijah to, it's called uh, the Kareth Ravine. And Kareth means uh, a cutting. And what's fascinating is this would be the place where God would 
chisel on Elijah and his character and teach him radical obedience. And so Elijah is out by the brook. He's at the Kareth Ravine and he drinks from the brook and God has, and this is so, this is just so cool. Uh, God has ravens, uh, crows bring Elijah uh, meat and bread. Mm-hmm. And so literally he's in the wilderness. He drinks from the brook and birds are bringing him his, his breakfast and his dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's at that place that Elijah learns to fully rely on God and trust him. Yeah. Which is similar to, again, the nation of Israel. God feeds him with quail and, and with bread. And, and it's, again, it's, it's teaching that dependence on him. Uh, but then the brook dries up. So God's end game is not that he just lives by the brook for forever and eats meat and bread. Yeah. Uh, but there's, there's a, there's a different purpose behind all of that. Yeah. Well, let me, let me just, uh, first of all, two things. One, God's not vegan. So let's throw that out <laughs> let's there. Let's get that real clear on this podcast. And, and two, if you are, it's great. God loves you. So do I, but God's not vegan. Uh, second thing, um, Elijah's by himself and he's at a place, God takes him to a place where really he's going to experience some desperation. And um, I'll just tell you this from experience. There have been so many times looking back now at my life that times in my life that were painful, they were times of desperation. But now looking back, I realize that wasn't just a time of desperation. That was a time of preparation. Mm-hmm. Because God was doing something in me during that time of desperation or pain that otherwise would not have been possible. And then fast forward, he uses that character building uh, in ministry or in ways of giving and serving for, for his purposes. And so that's what's happening with Elijah. He's, he's in the wild. Uh, he gets desperate. And in that desperation, uh, there's a moment of preparation. God's preparing him. So yeah, the, the brook dries up. How, how can, I, I want to ask you a question on that line of thought. How can I tell the difference between a moment of desperation and a moment of preparation? How can I know, okay, God's using this? How can I know, okay, God's preparing me for something? And how can I know, all right, maybe things are just rough right now? Yeah, that's a great question. And I'll quote you a verse. Uh, It's from the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 28. It says, all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose, which means you can't separate desperation and preparation. It's all preparation. Uh, Never waste your pain. So if you're in a time of desperation, there is something God wants to teach you. Do not waste it. Grow through what you're going through. Uh, get wise counsel. Uh, ask, not don't go to people that you know they're going to tell you what you want to hear. Go to people that love Jesus and love you and will hurt your feelings because they care about you. That's the kind of person you want to go to. They care more about your future than they do your feelings. But you want to grow through what you're going through. You want to get wise counsel. You want to go to the scriptures. You want to ask the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom of what you're to learn during the time of desperation. But desperation is always preparation. Mm -hmm. Um, So no, you can't separate it. Because yeah. all things work together for the good of those who love God and call according to his purpose. Now, I think culturally, our kind of natural desire is we want to avoid pain at all costs. Well, yeah. We want to avoid those moments the way you're describing right now. Man, that sounds awful. Like, I don't think I want to be prepared for anything at this point. <laughs> um, what, what do you think it is that, that creates such an aversion to pain, because I understand conceptually what, everything you're saying. Like, I get it. And, and the pain I've experienced, I can look back and go, okay, that was actually for my good. 
uh, yet I want to live in such a way I can avoid pain. How do I, how do I balance those two desires? I understand pain helps me, yet at the same time, I always have ibuprofen on hand when needed. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm just going to man up here and break it down. Okay. To avoid pain is to avoid life. If you're going to live, there will be pain. Uh, if you're going to go to Payson and make videos, right, you're <laughs> going to cut your head. Uh, the only way to avoid pain is to do nothing. Mm-hmm. And even then, you might fall out of bed and hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. All right? Uh, to live is to hurt. And so the counsel would be grab life by the freaking horns. Right? Um, That's live, the Texas in you right there. Live. Well, yeah, it is. I'm Texan. Uh, Texas, Arizonian. But, um, yeah, you, you want to live. Um, if you're going to love, if you're ever going to give love or receive love, you're going to experience pain. Uh, if you're younger and one day, you know, you want to have kids, your kids are going to hurt you. Having kids is painful. Mm-hmm. Having pets is painful. You got to pick up their poop and sometimes they throw up on the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, life is, is painful, but life is also good and great. Uh, to avoid pain is to avoid life. And a lot of people, they would say life is comfort. They're pursuing comfort, thinking that's what life truly is. If I could just retire and just, you know, have a comfortable whatever. Yeah, but but you think about that. The joy is in the journey. Yeah. The joy is in the journey. Um, Work is fun Mm -hmm. uh, if you treat it as such, you know. Um, sitting on the couch after a while gets boring and it damages your soul and you begin to, to diminish. But to give and to serve and to live mean there's, means there's going to be hurt, uh, but in that there's, there's life. Yeah, I read, in a, I read in a book and, and he starts off painting this picture of, of what we in America would go, oh, that's the dream. And it's, you know, this house by the whatever and golfing and yada, yada. And they just, you know, grew old and whatever. And then he goes, what a waste. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> in that book of like that is not what we were created for. Yet we we've somehow painted this picture of that is what our goal is. That is the destination we're trying to get to. Oh man, when I'm hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, I just want to worship comfort, mm-hmm. right? Because because shockingly, pain is painful. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you fight through the pain, when you wrestle through that, when when you move beyond, when you when you realize that life has seasons, right? There's an up and down to kind of yeah. everything. Um, the more that you learn really, really how to live. Um, and so Elijah goes through that, Mm -hmm. um, to experience the adventure that God has for all of us is a journey into the wild. Mm -hmm. Um, God will lead you through times that you didn't expect and maybe didn't even want, uh, but that's just part of it. Um, I'll give you a preacher line. You want a preacher line? I'm not going to be able to stop you anyway, yeah, so go no, ahead. Yeah, you're not. So here it is. <laughs> it is because of God's radical grace for us that we can risk living lives of radical obedience to Him. Uh, God radically loves you. Do whatever He says. Risk it all. Bet the farm. Follow Jesus. Uh, he radically loves you. And so you can risk radically living for Him. And in that, yeah, it's not going to be comfortable. So shifting a little bit from but comfortable's boring from pain. Let's let's talk about the wilderness specifically. So you have a shirt that says wilderness makes you better. I do. I, I love being outdoors. I love 
sitting under stars. I love being where there's no people where you can hear the breeze going through trees and listen to a brook or a creek or whatever. What is it about wilderness specifically that helps prepare us? I actually, so I, I went on a, a wilderness trip and they gave us that shirt. You can look it up online if you want. I'll give them free advertising right now. It's called the Wilderness Collective. And so you can look that up online. But uh, they actually gave us mugs and it, and it, it says, so I have the shirt, Wilderness Makes You Better. And they put my name on it. So it said, Wilderness Makes Chad Better. Mm-hmm. So that's just cool. I drink out of that mug a couple times a, a week. Um, what is it about wilderness that makes us better? Yeah. I, I, th- I think it's just um, the reality of, of the open space, mm-hmm. the reality of life. And, um, you know, we call it Mother Nature. It's not. It's, it's Father God. Mm-hmm. But God speaks to us through, through nature. Mm-hmm. Um, we learn a lot about life just watching, watching nature. I mean, I mentioned this a moment ago. There's seasons to life just as there's seasons in nature. Uh, there's highs and lows to life just like there's highs and lows in, in nature. Um, and so there's just something about the wilderness, I, I think, that uh, gets us out of our comfort zone. Uh, it, it causes us to uh, surrender on some level, mm-hmm. you know. Um, one of the things that I love about nature is it reminds me of how small I am. Yeah. Um, I don't have control over the wind and the rain and all those kinds of things. Um, another thing I love about nature, it reminds me of how small I am. It takes me back to the basics. Mm-hmm. You know, what do I really need? Mm-hmm. Strips all that other stuff away. Yeah. I uh, I mean, there's times I've been camping and then I've come home and I've thought, man, I'm such a pansy, right? <laughs> like, like all I needed out there was warmth and, and food. And some water. Uh, food and shelter and water. Yeah, that, that's it. Um, so I think it takes you back to basics and, and helps you breathe a little bit. I, I think it reminds you of how small you are and, and that reminds you of how big God is. Mm-hmm. So... I also think our our lives are incredibly noisy. If you think about our schedules, if you think about all the Absolutely. modern comforts we have, cell phone service and connection to everything, when you get where you can't have cell phone service anymore, all of a sudden you can hear God because you don't have all this other noise competing for your attention. You don't have all these other things competing for your attention. Now all of a sudden it's just you and and God. And and the thing too that that Paul writes in Romans is that God's characters are visible in nature. Yeah. That, that we can learn things, to your point, about God uh, and, and hear just even echoes of who he is through creation, uh, that his signature is kind of all over the, the trees and the plants and the animals. And, and there is some connection that happens in those moments. Uh, but I think noise has a lot to do with it. It's just quiet. So this morning, um, Robert has a, a cabin uh, up north. And uh, this morning... Uh, I had the privilege of of just being in his cabin, but um, I was uh, watching the sunrise over that mountain behind your house up north and uh, just with a cup of coffee and just the serene kind of peace that you experience in that moment. Um, Even symbolically, it's a new day. This is a new opportunity, no matter what you're going through. You know, you wake up every morning with a brand new batch of brand new mercy. Mm-hmm. His mercy's new every morning. But just sitting there watching the sun rise this morning, so good for my soul. Um, I mean, you know this, I rode the motorcycle home mm-hmm. uh, and just riding through the mountains. There's just something, to your point, just something about that um, that reminds me again of how small I am, how big God is. I agree with you. It's that quiet which actually helps us hear him. 
and to be still and know that he's real uh, and that, that he's sovereign. Uh, wilderness makes you better, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. End of the wild. And the end game is, now let's get out there and do something. Yeah. God's prepared us for something. There's more to this life than just sitting and watching the sunrise. At Absolutely. The end of the day, there's a mission that God has at hand for us. A- absolutely. End of the wild is, is a time of, of preparation mm-hmm. so that you can go back into the world and make a difference. Yeah. That's pretty good. I might use that line in the, in the series. I think we should end on that line. End, end of the wild so you can go back into the world and make a difference. Boom. Get a tattoo. Tagline. High five. Got it. Yeah. All right. Went in with that? Yep. <laughs> Looking forward to the series. Go with us on the journey into the wild. Thanks for joining us this week on the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening to us so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you left us a review or shared this podcast with a friend. Doing that will help us reach and help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you're always welcome to join us online or in person for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc. Thanks for joining us.